You're listening to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. Hello, mates. Welcome back to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. Bloody Rick and Anna are here. Not really. They're not doing great, but they're, you know, they're here. And that's what's important. No, they're fine. Everything's everything's fine. Anyway, this is going great. So what we're talking about today is is talky versions. Like all things talky related. Um we want to cover like um infamously good or infamously bad voice acting work in games. We want to talk about games perhaps that had an option, like a lot of the Lucas and Sierra uh, games in the uh, early mid nineties that, that you could play the floppy without it or the CD with it. And just kind of talk about what it does to the experience when it's good, what it does to the experience when it's bad. Do we ever miss it? All the, all the, all the things we'll talk about all the things. So I have never complained about a game that had no voice acting. Neither. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a good show because you know what? We all agree. Let's just <laughs> let's just cut on out of here. I mean, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's one of those things where it, it's a big risk to do um, voice acting in a game because even when it's good, it's not always that good. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of we're just so we just set the bar so low. To be perfectly honest, I mean, like, it, it there there are definitely great voice actors out there there are some Mm -hmm. games that do it really well uh but i also think that a you know there are the ones that are legit good and then i think there's a kind of a lower tier that we just kind of shrug off and say yeah it's great because you you know comparing it to a very low standard right Mm -hmm. Right, like the the employees in the office are the actor's standard. Yeah. That was was a jumping off point. Well, yeah, yeah, that was a jumping off point. But even that, nobody really um, enjoyed. Like, no no one defends those. No, well, I I will, I am prepared to defend one of them. And I don't, I'm not sure if this one even gets, gets bloody stick. Does it get the stick? (laughs) What are you, what? (laughs) Having a real old fashioned kind of week here. I'm going to. I'm just going to have some black licorice and butter cookies. Um, I do those? like old man food, though. You know, they're delicious, right? I just old? They are so good. <laughs> my my eating habits are apparently very similar to an old man's. I, I do have a Werther's in my pocket right now. <laughs> if What's anyone wrong with is interested. Yeah, those What's are going so on here? <laughs> those are old people no, foods? N- <laughs> yeah, nothing's wrong. It's just, you know, I guess we're out of touch. Because, you know, you got to realize that, <laughs> that you're old now if you're defending them. <laughs> But but you just the game was so I, I, depressed in a very short period of time. <laughs> yeah, my, that's you know what that's, I really don't like bad. you anymore. <laughs> and this was the last podcast episode they ever made. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with liking a good butterscotch. All right, no. I love butterscotch. Nice, so good. A nice hard toffee. Oh yes. Uh, I like I like a nice plain butter cookie, especially if I can do something DIY with the tin it came in when I'm done. Are, are, right? these, um, are these things that only old people are supposed to like, or is this yeah, just like that. things that you've had in your house for a very long time, so they're old now to you, <laughs> and no, you just the, like the, discovered the, them <laughs> in the attic, and you're like, sweet butter cookies from the eighties. You no, know, I'm very passionate about butter cookies. Um, it's the prior. It, mm-hmm. These things I'm listing are not on TikTok. 
You know, there's no kid out there that's putting a spin on, on Danish butter cookies in a tin. <laughs> or calling it putting a spin on it. <laughs> I can, like, feel the sugar crystals on my tongue as we talk about it right now, you know? Yeah. yeah well, do you actually and- do anything with those tins other than make sewing kits? Um, I put old buttons in them when I find them. Ooh, buttons. Which we is kind of buttons. a current. There's, there's currently three buttons in there. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Wait, does having, does, does having sewing kits also date me? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, oh, darn. We're so old, Rick. Oops. Just, just talking about sewing dates you. Any, any conversational <laughs> topic that involves sewing, stitching, you know, it's just, right. yeah. I, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm done. <laughs> We're good. Well, you know, it's, it's, to, to lighten the mood, let's get back to talking about games that came on floppy disk. So That won't make us feel old remember. at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so in, in a miraculous act that happens every hundred episodes, I remember what I was saying 16 minutes ago, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring us full circle. So, buddy, just be astonished. All right. The voice acting for Laura Bow 2... I never thought about it. I never thought, I never thought about it. So that just means that it's not horrible. Um, and so therefore, I will say that that's the one game that was done, not the one, that's one of the games that was done by Sierra employees. Oh, was and it? I didn't know it's, that. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty damn decent one. Once you know that, exactly. Like mm. I, just from you saying, um, I'm like, I get it. It's not great, but it's, it's really, no, no, no. it's passable. I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't played very far into that with the voice acting version. I, I only really played that game on the floppy disk. And the only time I played it with the voice acting was recently, like a couple years ago, one year ago. And um, I, I didn't get very far. I only, I mean, this isn't what made me stop, but just as, just it just so happens to be, that I got to the part where you go to the speakeasy and they start playing the archaeologist song. And that alone makes me resent that they have a talkie version of it. <laughs> fair enough. Yep. Yeah, fair enough. And I, I should add just for discretion or whatever, it's probably the wrong word, doesn't matter, that I, I never actually played the talkie version myself either. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. What? <laughs> Did you at least listen well, to I, it? Or like, do you yeah, know your... Yeah. Yeah, I have a point of reference in, I, I played like the first 30 minutes again one day with it on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then also like, you know, the YouTube videos probably pushing up roses, uh, things like that. So, you know, it gives you a good idea. I can picture the super bassy voice, um, of, of, um, the guy Horrible. whose name starts with a D maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But did you get to the um, part you- with the archaeologist song? Cause I honestly no. don't get why people love that song so much. I, I cannot stand it. And it, it's like, maybe you can, I can kind of appreciate that it kind of captures that little, um, uh, th- that sort of tone of the twenties or whatever, but mm. it's just so annoying and it's played at like a speakeasy. So it just doesn't really fit for me. Uh, it doesn't fit with the scene. It's just, it, it's annoying first and <laughs> foremost before anything else. It's just, Oh God, I just don't get why people love that song. Hmm. Well, do do people it. love it, or or do they res- like do they respect it, or do they love it? Because you, I, you I can love they, Girl in the Tower, but you don't respect it. I, I think they <laughs> love and respect it. Like okay, people keep right. wanting to like re like uh, re record it and stuff, and people I I don't know I I would really feel a lot better if people are just kind of ironically liking it. Um, <laughs> right, that's what I'm getting at. Like, I, I like Girl in the Tower. <laughs> yeah, like Girl in the Tower. I I hear. 
I hear Girl in the Tower a bit more polarizing. Like I hear um, both sides of the argument on that one. But I only ever hear people really like celebrate the archaeologist song. And I just I I, I kind right. of I kind of bite my lip because I don't want to like um, rain on anyone's fun if they really enjoy it. But I just I don't understand it. Anyways, I'm just that, that, that's not it. that's not voice acting, so it's not really. I I don't want to spend too much more time on that. But I just wanted to say that that was um, brought in because of the CD talkie version, and on those grounds alone, I'd rather just play without anything. Right. Yeah. Well, and to to those listening, maybe vaguely remembered or can't think of it, it's very like Betty Boopish. Yeah. Um, and and I think I think it's very authentic to that Betty Boop kind of sound. So yeah. like if you're into that, I could see you being into this because it, it's 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 pretty bang on. But like I'm not into that, so yeah. But I mean, I, I I guess what I'm saying is I feel like I get it because if you like the Betty Boop thing, you you might you, you know you you'd be a candidate for liking the the song. Did this game come in a non-talky version? Because I don't remember any voices when I played this game at all. Yeah. But I also didn't have a sound card until yeah, much I mean, there was later a floppy, on. There's a floppy version. Yeah, because yeah. I'm just listening in kind of in the background uh, to this uh, this song. Yeah, very Betty Boop like. Yeah. Like I, I will little say baby got shortening, shortening <laughs> like that kind of style. I, I will say one uh, thing that's kind of generally I don't know if it's a positive note or more just sort of like a trivia thing. Um, it, it it's about you know the the first line is I want to marry an archaeologist and the cool thing about that is that um uh that's actually to the best of my knowledge otherwise a really big coincidence that Agatha Christie married an archaeologist. Oh, cool! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, that's that's got to be way too big of a coincidence. Yeah, mm-hmm. it can't it can't it can't be a coincidence. But every time I say something and feeling all sure of myself. It just never works out. <laughs> apparently, yeah. apparently the whole from last episode, the Godfather with the oranges, that didn't even turn out to be true. Right, that was a coincidence. Yeah, that was just a pure coincidence. Apparently, according to all these like trivia seem stuff, seem like it would be, but yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's weird. So weird. I think we're all on the same page with with uh, with talking versions, and and so I'll just I'll just kind of summarize my my stance, which let me know if it is or isn't yours, which is. The best case scenario is that the the talky version ends up as good as the non-talky version for me. Like it, it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a risk to put it in the game because if it doesn't work, even if one character doesn't work, that's a chink in the armor. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I've definitely let a game pass if one or two or three characters aren't the greatest voice acting quality. That's that's fine. But I'm just saying, it's like you know, you're really exposing yourself. You're taking hits. Taking damage yeah. when you when you put on a voice acting cast, unless every single one of them is good, and then there's the other matter of even when they're good, mm-hmm. if they don't match what I've already got in my head for that character, yeah. mm-hmm. and this is such a personal thing, it's it's not their fault. Like they couldn't have guessed how I would have interpreted their character, mm-hmm. but it's if regardless, if it doesn't match my own internal interpretation of the character, like the whole game gets this uncanny valley, like it feels weird and off kind of thing. Because I'm like, that's. Mm-hmm. I just don't that's feel like that's him. them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm it's, it's risky. It's totally risky. I'm. I have. I have a few opinions on talkies, but for one, 
Like, I don't mind them. And it's nice to hear what a voice would sound like. And I liked the novelty when they first started coming out. But for various reasons, uh, talkie games don't often fit into my lifestyle. There's a lot of other people here. I have a lot of stuff going on. It's not quiet enough for me to concentrate and listen to what people are saying in a talking game. Uh, oftentimes, I read too fast. So I've read the words seven or eight times. That was, going to be a, that was going to be a point that I was going to make, yeah. Yeah, definitely before they're done talking, because I'm like, okay, I've looked at the picture, I've looked at every little pixel, I'm reading the thing over yeah. and over again. And on on top of that, like, sometimes a game won't let you separate, like, music and the words, mm. which also can be difficult. I want that. Or like a mm. game like Dragon's Age, where if you turn off speech, you don't get to hear the little, like, parlay conversation that the characters oh, have when really? you're off and about, but you also... Like, you miss out because there is no uh, words for that. Right. So you can only have half the game if you have the speech off, so they kind of force right. you into it. Um, right. So I, I was going to say, to your point, that uh, most of the time, usually one of two things happen, and it's really the only two options, is that either I've read through, and I'm not even a fast reader, but I'll mm -hmm. read through before they're done and I'll just click. So like I don't even hear half the dialogue that's in there mm -hmm. um, because, you know, I'll hear the first half of a sentence and then not the second. Or they don't give you that option and then I just get really antsy because I'm just waiting for them to get done because mm -hmm. I just really, uh, whether there's a text box or not, I just yeah. get so impatient like waiting for people to stop talking. And like, I want it when I click, I want them to stop talking and the text box to remain up. And then I click again and the text box can finish cycling through its text and then disappear. And that's fine. But like, how much time do we really have to play a freaking game nowadays, guys? Like, I'm not going to listen to all of it because this is a 20 hour game. If I don't have them speaking out loud, it's only a 12 hour game and maybe I'll actually complete it. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Well, another, another area of contention is for me is like, Another thing we'll get into maybe down the line that I'll just I'll just kind of lay the tracks for now and say that that it's come up on the show before where where some of the modern indies use partial voice acting mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and 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 I'm not sure if you were on the show yet it might have just been Rick and I and I'm trying to think of the game if it was Red Strings Club I'm not quite sure but no it's uh, Christopher's oh nice mm -hmm. yes yes and and definitely one more as well but but regardless you know i think we ultimately concluded and dissected that it, that it did work um you know it, it it didn't really necessarily make it jarring or weird that every now and then they did and i was just going to say that that conversely what bothers me that that king's quest 6 is a, is a good example of being really guilty of which is giving flavor text lines um mm -hmm. uh, uh, voice dialogue um now immediately, I'm sorry, it just popped in my head that, that Space Quest Six does it, and it does it brilliantly because it's Gary Owens and probably no mm -hmm. other reason. But but King's Quest Six makes other mistakes where like every other description to whatever you're doing is Alexander, you can't blah blah blah, and it's like mm. you have to hear that guy say Alexander <laughs> eleven hundred times, it, it, like mm -hmm. without exaggerating. I'm sure it's in the thousands. Yeah, um, I mean <laughs> the the narrate the narrator voice was really good in Quest of Glory 4, but I mean, they got John Reese davies for that, so what do you really yeah, expect? Like, exactly. you kind of went straight to the top on that one. And that was another game where they did a lot of that ad-libbing, like you're, you're speaking with the elephant farmers and what you're hearing is not what you're reading, so you really have to leave the voice tech, the voice on to get everything out of the game. Yeah. At least your first playthrough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I... It was funny. 
the Quest for Glory 4 voices. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm kind of glad that I played it without the voices first. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to your point, Paul, uh, the voice acting that was generally pretty good. Uh, you know, obviously Katrina hit it out of the park. A lot mm-hmm. of the side characters hit it out of the park. You had those um, the comic relief guys in the in the inn who um, they were, they were funny anyways. Mm-hmm. Everything was good until I heard Igor's voice, <laughs> and I just I, I it was so bad. Like I the last time I played it was like the first time I listened to it with the full voice acting, mm-hmm. and I just didn't even read anything Igor said because I just clicked. I just rapidly clicked through him so I wouldn't have to hear his voice. <laughs> right, right. Like, it was that bad. Like, it was mm-hmm. actually, like, turn it off heat for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and this, uh, back to that risk thing, that's that's another aspect where I, I, was, I was looking through Adventure Gamers forums and just reading people's opinions on this topic earlier today, and, and somebody had mentioned a game... And they were like, the voice acting was, I forgot the name of the game. It was, it was one of those like 2008 adventure games, like in that weird era. But, um, regardless, mm-hmm. he was like, the, you know, the, the acting, the quality is good. It's just the, the tone of the main person's voice bothers me. And like, mm-hmm. and I've heard that before where, where, you know, certain you know, people just, just get a weird thing with the tones of certain people's voice. Like it just, you know. I don't mean like Gilbert Gottfried, like, you know, something like obvious or whatever, but just I just would love or... Gilbert Gottfried to read for a narrator. I want him to be a parrot <laughs> yeah. in a game so bad. I wouldn't mind him as Cedric, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, I didn't play the talkie version of that game the first time, so I had no idea Cedric in any way sounded annoying or would be annoying people until much later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I would just really love it if there was like, mm-hmm. um, if if you got voice acting for like the early AGI games where a lot of the flavor test was just sort of generic text. So you just have like a narrator just there saying like, I don't understand Apple or something <laughs> like. We should do that as a read through. That would be hilarious. Uh, I, I've brought this up a few times before, but I did try to, I, I did play um, Echo Quest. Mm-hmm. And the first time I played it was with the voices. And I just, I didn't hate it. It was just that it felt like I was playing edutainment. Like I felt like right. I was playing a classroom game. They're teaching it, you things, yeah. Not not even just that. I don't mind when I learn things from a game, but it just sounded like um it, it sounded like I was playing a game made and played at Science World. And um you know, it just it felt so like we're making this specifically to be educational and therefore we're going to aim it at uh grade five kids or something right mm-hmm. right and um for the first like while of playing this game i was really wondering why people like it so much because it just felt so like is this even a game what the heck is this yeah. this feels like uh uh like after school pandering or, e- yeah. or e- during school even right <laughs> and, um and then it just sort of dawned on me at some point to just sort of like imagine what it was would be like without the voice acting and then I was like, oh, w- suddenly, if I just imagine without the voice acting, it feels like an adventure game. But with the voice acting, it sounded like uh, it sounded like a classroom uh, interactive uh, assignment or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, that that game's a, a perfect kind of like case study for pros and cons. It is a little on the extreme example because. 
because of the the kid factor, the education factor. But yeah, I, I grew up playing, uh, played it many times. I really loved that game as a kid, and I, I never played the the talkie version, the CD-ROM version. So, so you know, we we had the opposite experience where where I, I honestly I, I wasn't even aware that I had a talkie version until until mm-hmm. we did the episode on it and talked about it, and and so I checked it out and. It it just yeah it completely changes the tone of the game yeah. completely like to me it was it was a game I would quickly re- I I think I even told people like hey don't be scared by the discovery series <laughs> part if you're a grown ass person because it's still fun yeah. but man if they put if they put on the talky one they'd be like you know she's yeah, nope yeah. thanks a lot uh, yeah. Paul for that recommendation right. <laughs> you know what the sad thing is about that too and and also with the with the um, Igor's voice in Quest for Glory four is that they are actually good voices like they are good voice actors and they're doing a good job it's just that they like you said paul they just ruined the tone yeah yeah exactly and another one while we're close to the same territory was willie beamish where i i I never never played i hadn't heard the talkie version till till like a year or so ago it was another one i just wasn't aware they did a talkie thing too and and yes it it ruins willie beamish it's that game is already just so confusing. It, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, just. Yeah, I didn't play the uh, talkie version either. It was the disc version because I got it in like grade eight. So mm-hmm. I didn't know any of it had voices to like, you know what, which is why what, I think sometimes when I'd go to play a game later on, I'd be like, I don't remember this. Why is everything so different? But it's like, oh, because there's words now in actual music. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, especially the music. And, you know, with Beamish, I'll say too, to, to a point that, that we touched on earlier, that I don't I didn't play much of it. I really just just put it on to see what it sounded like kind of thing. But it, it seemed like it was all passable except for his sister, uh, Brianna, who's like in the game she's like learning French and she's already like a bratty, you know, sister to begin with. And then they just they just gave her just just the worst. I mean just the uh, the most accurate voice ever. Where it's just a really bratty, obnoxious, insufferable eight year old sounding girl or the kind you know, of girl you might want to push on the <laughs> kind of girl you might want to push on the swing a little bit too hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. But uh, the point I'm making there is it's uh, th- that's a good, let's just say the rest of them were solid, which I, I can't confirm, but let's mm-hmm. just say they were. That's a good example of one bad egg ruining the experience because you, you, mm-hmm. she's in the game just enough. That, that was such a good analogy. The, mm-hmm. one bag, Wait, was- the one bad egg ruining the experience. That was just so flawless. <laughs> you know what else kind of pulls me out of it when like especially in those early fmv games do you remember how grainy the voice sounded it was like they flicked on an oldie timey yeah. vcr and then had their voices crumble rumble through them it just it didn't quite work i um sh- shortly after we had um david home on the show uh i did look up some uh fan- clips of phantasmagoria mm-hmm. and um uh, I, I couldn't really tell. As far as I could tell, the, the the voices were fine in terms of voice acting, but it was mm-hmm. so clearly on a very untreated soundstage that mm-hmm. even when they were in an outdoors location, you could hear echoes, like, like yeah. reverb from the walls. I noticed that, yeah, too. On, yeah. on the bridge. Yeah, there's a scene on the bridge where they're outside, and it, it sounds like they're in a warehouse. Like, just yeah. the worst reverb. Yeah, that's exactly... <laughs> Yeah, you don't have to be an audiophile for that to take you out of the moment. It's very, <laughs> like, humans don't sound like that in nature. <laughs> I just, I can't even pinpoint the games, but there's been a few over the years that just won't let me 
not have voice for whatever reason. Like maybe even there was a few that didn't even have text. I don't know if you guys can think of any specific examples, but during that weird time period, I think they didn't even bother. I I can't really remember. I think um, when I played... Wait, sorry, dear. What was the question again? The, oh, the if, games if that... You, yeah, had voice, but didn't give you full text on it. So it sort of left you forced into having voice. Yeah, I that was... A, I know... Sierra's guilty of that. I can't think of the specific games, but I know like um, New Rising Sun is is just you know an internet user out there who who does awesome patches for Sierra games, and he made he's patched a lot of the CD-ROM versions to to do both now. Mm-hmm. So it's oh, it's good. um yeah I, I I can't I don't know about Lucas I'm trying to think if it's a Sierra specific sin, if you will, because it is really annoying if you can't read it mm-hmm. and just, you know, go when you want to. But but yeah, oh. for, for anyone listening, go to sierrahelp.com and you can get new Rising Sun patches for tons of games and it kind of, it's like his patches are like the best of all worlds. He takes all the best Easter eggs and resources and puts them all in one game. Sorry, while we're on LucasArts, I'll say that uh, to the best of my knowledge so far, uh, any, th- any LucasArts game I've played that does have voice acting, it's been pretty uh, flawless. Yeah, so uh, even I, I, uh, Sam and Max, especially. I'm just thinking in my head, their voices were really freaking good. Yeah, I, I can't think of they, any bad voice acting in a LucasArts game. Mm-hmm. No, um, they they destroy Sierra in this category. Yeah, they, they've they, got they, the money. They, they, and, and even yeah. though you know, the, there's the it's common knowledge now that the uh, the CD version of Loom is kind of the inferior version of Loom, just because usually it comes yeah. down to um, the VGA graphics, and they kind of like edited a few bits out of it so it's not really quite all there but but the voice is actually really good like the voice Mm -hmm. acting is really um Mm -hmm. yeah it it, it sucks that it had to be um that it had to have such glaring downfalls because uh the voice acting really did actually add a lot to it yeah Um, yeah no it really did yeah the the I think the EGA is the, is the best, but but if if anyone's to to experience it, I would recommend trying the FM Towns version because it's 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 even better VGA art than the remake, and I think I think it's like the the the, the connoisseur's pick for like you know. Yeah. Well, then again, there's also oh. a patch too. Hey, oh, speaking there. of patch, did you know that uh, Secret of Monkey Island has a patch where you can play oh the um, original graphics with the with the special editions voice acting? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yes, no, I didn't. Rick. <laughs> Not at all. Do you guys remember a game called Loom? <laughs> there was a, <laughs> there was there was a time I I would say most of 2019 and some of 2020 where you couldn't be on a, a old a classic game forum on Facebook without hearing about the Monkey Island patch <laughs> once <Yeah>. a day. <laughs> it uh, was the new Loom patch. Yeah. Have you heard? Now it's kind of shifted to the. Um, to that um, Guybrush pick portrait in uh, Uncharted. That's kind of the daily post now. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, the new have you heard. Well, <laughs> the, here's a, here's an interesting thing to, to kind of pick apart. Speaking of, of good voice acting, um, what what game for you guys would is better because of the voice acting? And and I'll I'll just use I'll be lazy and use Lucas Arts for for examples because the, as we just said the voice acting is solid across the board, uh, and as you said particularly with Sam and Max that's one mm-hmm. of my picks um, and yeah. and also Indiana Jones because mm-hmm. uh, the, the guy I, I wish I could think of his name offhand I'll pull it up in a second but he's so bloody authentically Indiana Jones that that it, it works mm-hmm. like it enhances the experience it doesn't make it there's nothing jarring about it it's it's that good to me. 
So yeah, what would you what would you guys say for? And here I'll I'll, I'll properly start start off. I, I would say Sam and Max. I'm not going to say Indiana Jones, despite what I just said, because it is great. But <laughs> thanks for wasting our time, Paul. <laughs> no worries. So that's you know, it's just for you guys to chew on. There's some gristle, because because for me the the game's great without it. Also, like I, I think Sam and Max. I guess for for the I don't know to to paint an idea of my train of thought with this question in general is like. Sam and Max maybe needed a little boost. It's it's a mm, really yeah. great game, but if anything, to me, Sam and Max is like a. I know I'm gonna be hated for saying this, but it's like a little vanilla. It's mm. it's just like a little yeah. like this is was, you know it's a good time, but it's not like oh I fucking love this game. <laughs> like it just <laughs> needed something like extra, and and the oh, voice acting is is it. You know what, Paul? I, I gotta say something because I I did fully agree with you a while back when you talked about um how jarring it can be when the voice acting doesn't match the voice that you gave in your head um yeah but as a counterpoint to that i have to say that um in day of the tentacle the voices match the characters so much that it's pretty redundant like there's no reason right, for the voices right. to be there yeah. because they sound exactly like you already imagined that they would. <laughs> okay. Spot on. No, that's a, that's an awesome point, and that's exactly what I was trying to say with Indiana Jones. Like yeah. I, I would leave it off my list because it's yeah, it's it's redundant. It's it sounds like what I would think, and therefore I don't need it. Yeah, great and, and, way to and put they're it, perfect. It, it's perfect too, right? But it's too perfect. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying yeah. that to say like, oh, it, it sucked. It's like, no, it was so good. The problem is, it was too good. I just didn't need it. <laughs> yeah, and and at the risk of sounding like even more of a of a of a dick, I just I generally prefer my own internal narration. So, and that's kind of <laughs> my whole point throughout this episode is like I, I I'm much safer just relying on my own mind to come up with the the voices and stuff. And if the, <laughs> if someone's gonna do it for me, it better be done really really good. And then to your point, if if they do it really, really good, but just like how I would do it, I'm still gonna just prefer the way I do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's at my own pacing, yeah. like, you know, it gets yeah. rid of all the issues of timing and you know, exactly. yeah, you just Yeah, so but yeah, so so I got Sam and Max. What do you guys got? Yeah. Well, since you stole Sam and Max from me, uh, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to throw Grim Fandango in the ring. They had some great voices, Manny and them. Uh, Sal, oh, yeah, that was I actually think, really good. You know, Glottis was good. The voices nice. were good. It was exciting. And, and it made up for what actually I used to think they were really good graphics. But now looking back on the original, not the remaster, a holy cow, chunky 3D. But I, it didn't look like that when I played it the first time, I swear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah, uh, Grim Fandango, actually, uh, I, I'm not going to take that from you, but I will back you up on that. I think that is actually a really mm -hmm. good one, because that did actually give a, a good interpretation of the characters that I didn't really come up with myself, and it kind of really fits. So it did mm -hmm. kind of, like, recalibrate me on the right track. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that, that actually was really good with the, uh, with the, with the voice acting. Cool. Well, that's good for me to know because I keep, I keep, you know, obviously meaning to play it. It's regarded as one of the the the, the goats. So maybe maybe mm. voice acting will be the thing that gets it over the hump uh, of you know not being pixel art for me. Yeah, it certainly <laughs> won't be the controls on the original version. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like tank. It's the tank it, control style, right? It's yeah, just... it kind of depends what you consider pixel art, though, Paul. Because mm. uh, if you play like the original non remastered version, it's pretty mm. blocky. It's pretty yeah. close. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's pretty dark. It's actually blocky. closer to closer to AGI than 3D. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just larger blocks it, again. It, it might have polygons, but boy, are those yeah. polygons pixely. It is. It's like it's not alone in the dark. I'll tell you that. Like it's it's gone a bit beyond that, but not much. 
Um, <laughs> as for an official pick for me, I I honestly don't know. Um, but any adventure game that I played pretty much was on floppy versions, even when I did mm. get the sound card. So yeah, I'd like hear the music, too. but mm-hmm. I really don't hear voices until I go back and play them now. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I'm in that boat very much so. It just, when we got, even when we did get a sound card and stuff, it was on my mom's computer. So it's like I was given the other computer that had the PC speaker and, and none of that in it. So even when I moved out, it was a 486 with an internal PC speaker. So I wasn't right. like rocking to the tunes quite yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I guess just for the sake of it, I would say the, um, Space Quest Six, just because I, I'm I'm still not that big a fan of that game. So just mm-hmm. the fact that it has Gary Owens doing the narration is kind of the good, the redeeming <laughs> quality of the game. Did you ever finish yeah. it? I don't. Remember. I did not. No, no I didn't it's... think you did. Unless I would have missed the stream. Then I'm waiting for that one, and Rick. <laughs> I think I think you you left off right where it gets good because I remember yeah. where you left off was where I, I was totally frustrated. Agree. Yeah, Anna, you would agree too. Where it's like, <laughs> yeah, it, it is so. the point where you a point of like no return because it's like that's the exact point where your patience gets tested. Yeah, where it's uh, like okay. I don't know, man. It is rewarding and then though. It yeah. does. Yeah, it does open yeah. up a lot after that. But. Yeah, it really. Um, so yeah, I guess so. I guess Space Quest Six would be kind of my pick because it's sort of like mm-hmm. w- without the voice acting, what do you even really have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. Because uh, although I guess it, you, you said it gets better, um, at to, like towards the second half or something, right? Yeah, it opens up a lot because you're you're mm-hmm. you're kind of confined the, the to the point you're at where it's like all you know is being stuck on that planet and then kind of stuck in the ship. Um, mm-hmm. And then once you you were literally at the part where for the listeners too where where they you you slide the key card in the laboratory on the ship. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when you go back to your room and that's when you can pick, you know, what level you want to visit and start checking out new new levels. And each level has a branching thing to do. And yeah, it literally opens up at that point. Um, but regardless, I, you know, it still makes the game. Like, I think I used to like Space Quest 6 more than I thought I did just because of Gary <laughs> Owens. Yeah. 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 And, and then so we that. did, you know, doing this show and like, you know, analyzing things on a nerdier deeper level so many times i I came to the conclusion that like the game the game's just got so many problems i think it just it gets it really gets by on gary owens hard and so sorry can i say for the record again just because like i know we've kind of been um we've been kind of giving misinformation the first few times we talked about space quest 6 uh on the show and there were a few things that we just didn't quite remember properly so we're kind of accusing it of certain things that weren't entirely true um so going back and playing it, I kind of made me realize, oh, I totally missed out on this whole section here where they totally did the thing that I thought they didn't do. And as you said, Paul, it kind of makes it worse. <laughs> like, oh, 100%. Yeah. It's like, 100%. Oh. So they oh, actually no. addressed this and it's still horrible. Um, that yeah. it's, it's weird being wrong, but your point being solidified even more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, no, that, that's totally what I was feeling. The, uh, when I was playing the game, like I was sort of like, I stand corrected, but, but. <laughs> not the way you want me to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but to everyone's surprise, I'm about to double down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because here's the deal. We and, and to, to people wondering what we're talking about, it's, it, we were accusing it of men- making zero mention of Beatrice throughout the whole game. And then we, we had both got, uh, Rick had replayed it, sent me a screen footage of, of him and Be- um 
And uh, sorry, with the hot dog forehead. Uh, <laughs> Santiago. Um, thank you. Um, where they have like a little exchange and... Um, they fully, full-on mention Beatrice. They do. Yeah, and they fully mention it, and, but they do it in such a sloppy, throwaway manner that, that what I took away from it was when you didn't briefly mention her one single time in the game, at least I could pretend that it was like an alternate reality or a different timeline or like, you, you know, you can start yeah. to fanfic <laughs> your way into making it make sense. Yeah. But now yeah. that they actually put her in the canon and, and have Roger be like, I can't do that to Beatrice. And then three yeah. minutes later be like, I can do that to Beatrice. See you at dinner. Yeah, because he's like, all regretful. He's like, oh man, I'm with that chick. Like, Ugh. Yeah. yeah, and then and he says like he can't do it to her, but then he he caves because she does give him a, quite a guilt trip. But he caves mm -hmm. and goes and goes out to eat with her. So it's like mm -hmm. now you just made Roger a scumbag. A you dicks. I love him. Well, not not and, even and really because that was kind of my thing. Was sort of like he's you know he's like uh, oh uh, I I would take you to dinner, but I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of uh, with somebody right now, and I'm like she just saved your life. Buy her a fucking <laughs> dinner. Like, yeah, like they didn't have to make right, it weird. Yeah. It could have been yeah. like, yeah, let's go for That's, dinner. But of yeah. course, as a chick, there has to be sexual <laughs> yeah. tension. It's the like, end. I owe you a yeah. meal. I, I, I go to dinner with my female friends all the time. Like seriously, it's mm -hmm. not a, th it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. That's right. And I remember this conversation because we came to the conclusion where that he just he overshared. Yeah. Like exactly. th there's yeah. there's no need to write those lines. Don't don't have him <laughs> exactly. like in a weird guilty way for a fictional character to to have him like you know weasel in and out of justifying it just don't don't make it a weird sexual thing but yeah, they did yeah. and they and did. you know hence it's it just kind of does make the whole thing a little more infuriating yeah. yeah it's like like you said it was just it, it, it was just so mm -hmm. much worse for having that scene in there <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah. just yeah but yeah and i should say too just just a, a quick annotation i said that that it gets by on Gary Owens' back, but I should say Gary Owens and the writers, of course, because oh, the, yeah. the lines that Gary's saying are great, too, so I didn't, yeah. didn't want to... I think Josh Brandel wrote a lot of it, or at least the, the part that I've played. I'm pretty sure most mm -hmm. of that was almost all of that. If not, actually, all of that was uh, Josh Brandel, and he's uh, he, is, he is a good writer. He's a funny guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and speaking of Josh Brandel, um, he had mentioned... That that a lot of the problem with the King's Quest Five, uh, as a refresh, Josh Mandel, uh, the voice of King Graham in King's Quest Five, and he had mentioned during production that the 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 direction for the voice actors was the problem. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I guess you could say, you know, what kind of, you know, acknowledging that, that he and and everybody else was just, you know, employees at Sierra, they weren't professional actors. He was basically saying that, yeah, that's not ideal, but I think, you know, it was almost showcased that we weren't in the way that it was directed. And then he went on to bring up the point that I made in the beginning of the episode, which was, look at Laura Bow too. It's it's not that bad, and that's it was all in office, you know, quote actors, um, mm. but because the direction in Mandel's opinion for that project was really good, he was saying that that there's the difference. Like that's that's the difference a quality voice director can make. I can totally agree with that. Um, just uh, having had a background as doing little uh, short films and stuff like that, you know. Um, I, I can definitely say that there is a very notable difference between a director who actually cares about getting the best performance out of the actors compared to the people who just want to uh, yell action and cut and think that they're a director now. 
Right, right. Yeah, and you could see somebody bamboozling Sierra early days, you know. <laughs> like they, they, don't, they don't know him full of shit. You know, I'll get the job, yeah. and they did. Um, well, I just have a question. Like, I mean, all due respect to voice actors, and I see a lot of Kickstarters stretch really hard to get voice acting as one of their goals. Uh, I... I'm trying to still decide if it's a goal that is pertinent to me at all. Like, if they're going to go for all that effort to get voice acting, am I just going to turn it off anyway? And I might. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. I, I My personal... Like, I, I recognize that it's, it's solely personal, and I think that myself and you, Anna, and, and to be determined Rick in a second here, are in the minority because it feels mm-hmm. like most people do want it. But for me, I, I yeah, I kind of just don't. Like, I'd rather I'd rather turn it off. I always will give it a chance. And I, and I will say that, that modern, the modern indie games have had quality acting, you know, which, yeah, which is no surprise, so. at least in comparison to back in the day, because, you know, they're, oh, they're actually yeah. getting professionals to do it. Um, mm-hmm. Kathy Rain has great voice acting. Whispers of a Machine with, with mm-hmm. our friend Ivy Dupler is incredible in, in that mm-hmm. legitimately. I've, I've yeah. genuinely felt that way before we even had her on the show and I, you know, knew her of as that course. person. Yeah. But no, I, I totally agree. Um, yeah. St. Christopher's Blackwell, uh, mm-hmm. all, all those games. I have so. no, no complaints at no all whatsoever. No issues. Yeah. All the wide eyes. Yeah. 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 Um, but do we need them? I, you know, I, I don't like, I, I don't, in the best case scenario, I don't mind it. Like, I, I, yeah. I wouldn't have turned, I didn't turn off, you know, Whispers of Machines mm-hmm. acting, voice acting, because it was great. But mm-hmm. I can't say, like, I definitely would have still played it without it. And would I have enjoyed it more or less? I don't, I think it would just be the same. Yeah. So I, I do have to say one thing, just because like, when, I, when I talk to you guys, obviously I just get right into adventure game mode. Um, so there was one game that I wanted to bring up here which is the original Baldur's Gate, which is mm. the one that I played. I've not really gotten very Me far too. into Baldur's Gate 2. No uh, and the voice acting was really good there. Like, really yeah. good. I, I would even yeah. say that, like, you, um, it's definitely something you should play with the voices on. Yes. But, again, Paul, like you said about how there's that one voice that takes <laughs> it down for yeah. you. It's just, it's not even, like, a full character. It's just every time you run into bandits or something like that, you always get the same line, and it's always the same voice um, mm-hmm. every time mm-hmm. you encounter them. And for some reason, they played it real goofy. Like, the guy's like, I serve a flaming fist. And it's like, what the <laughs> hell is that? Like, seriously, yeah. like, who who approved that? Like, who? I always thought they were taking somebody from, like, Warcraft, one of their voices, and putting it in the game for one of the bad guys. <laughs> that like, would have almost been better. But I just, like... Starcraft. Who decided, who, like, who directed this? And it's like, okay, make sure you're, like, a real... Um, douche slash bonehead and <laughs> run with that because <laughs> the guy just sounded I, I can't oh man I just every time I heard it, it I just completely it took me right out of it um, for so <laughs> many for so many levels yeah, yeah, it's just just a quick voice being like, "This is a game. This is yeah. <laughs> just destroying your immersion." Like, yeah, I, I I didn't feel like the voice fit the environment i thought that it was almost playing for comedy i would almost even say mm-hmm. um it also like it just didn't fit that was such yeah. a serious game mm-hmm. and and just the fact that it was always the same voice every time you encounter them yeah and uh, oh but otherwise it's phenomenal like- otherwise phenomenal yeah it was the first open world kind of a game i'd ever played it was shocked me what it was like because i'd never played a game like it before yeah mm-hmm. 
so that's my final thought on voice acting. So I'll leave the rest to you guys for now. It's it, it just your example there just reminded me of like uh, like like hearing like the 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 Wilhelm scream in like Schindler's List. Yes, <laughs> yes, that would exactly be it. That would, that's a perfect <laughs> analogy. <laughs> like especially and especially if you know exactly what the Wilhelm scream is, right? Like. It's yeah, one of those things yeah. which is always there, and you never really notice until you know about it, and now you always hear it. So imagine yeah. if you have that awareness of it, and then it happens in Schindler's List, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's so perfect. So my final thought, I just wanted to say, I feel bad for, for kind of dumping on voice actors, saying that even if you do the best you could possibly do, that it's, I'd still be impartial. But I'll just say it's... I'm just really sensitive and picky about it, basically, at the end of the day, because, you know, the, the voice actor could do a perfect job, but then it's like, what about your peers, the rest of the cast? You know, could they yeah. have done something wrong? And and without knowing what I think of when I think of your character, you know, what if, what if you don't hit the tone that I was expecting? You know, you hit the tone for 80% of the population. Like, there's there's no way to please everybody when you, when you choose a character and things like that. So I, I just... Yeah, I think I think it's almost impossible to hit out of the park, and and then even if they do, it could end up being redundant, as we said with Indiana mm-hmm. Jones. So yeah, yeah, that's my final thought. Sorry for uh, my child. I, no, it's it's cool. I, I totally agree with that in the sense that I have the highest respect for voice actors. I oh, I know a lot of voice actors, like even just uh, outside of gaming, although they have done games too, and yeah. uh, so I know what goes into it. I know how um, how much talent you need to have and how much skill you need to have to uh, really do mm-hmm. it well. Uh, so no disrespect. I have the highest respect for them. And I'm glad for any project that gets them paying work. But yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just saying for my personal... Yeah, like you said, I it, it kind of gets a little bit lost on me because, like I said, I either click past it or I kind of get impatient listening, waiting for it to end. And it's a sort of... Um, I, I hope it never. I hope it never stops. I just need to find exactly that perfect medium of um uh being able to appreciate it uh w- without it getting in the way mm-hmm. yeah and you know maybe the answer to that is is partial like like saint christopher's there's something nice about uh, you mm-hmm. know having having the, like the human touch to important moments and stuff but otherwise letting you just adventure game without yeah. it mm-hmm. I, yeah actually that is a point which i keep wanting to bring up and i never really do um i would love for me, I think the ideal would be if just text boxes for almost everything, but then voice yes. acting for the cutscenes. Yeah, that would be yeah. fine with me. I'd love that. Mm-hmm. That's like uh, Nintendo kind of did stuff like that a little bit later when they finally added in a tiny bit of voice. Mm-hmm. I think that's what Phoenix Wright does. They uh, they do fully voice acting for the uh, cutscenes, but the actual mm-hmm. game itself, um, they, they leave that. And I think that's perfect. That's great. Yeah, you get to know what yeah. people sound like if you want to and carry yeah. on. And then once it, once that's in your head, then you know the voice to hear in your head when you read the text. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. You can you kind of take it and run with it. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. – as opposed to, you know, Alexander, you can't blah, blah, like, just please stop. You know, you need, <laughs> <laughs> need a break, you know, some exactly. breathing space. All right, we're good. I'm good. Okay, um, so I just wanted to take a little bit of time at the end here just to go over um, the last episode we talked about the references versus Easter eggs, and there was a couple of good um, engagement with the um, listeners. Uh, two in particular that I just really felt deserved some airtime here. Uh, the first one coming from Michael Zier, 
I hope I pronounced that properly. Uh, this was a post that was made in the Classic Gamers Guild Facebook group in response to when we posted the episode. And he says, at the end of the episode, you ask about other terms for certain types of references that don't rise to the level of Easter egg. Um, and I'll just insert here, but it is kind of like rewarding to to understand the reference. Um, so back to his words, there is one, but it's more common in the LucasArts circle, so you might not use it as often. It's the in-joke. The term is often used for references within the community, such as Simon Max reference inside of Indiana Jones. It would also be appropriate for when Larry appears in Police Quest 2. And I feel really stupid for not having thought of that at the time, because yeah, in-joke is exactly, is exactly what it was i even had yeah. the term in my head several times i might have even said it i can't remember if it actually made it into the episode but i've definitely i'm pretty sure i've referenced in jokes and it just never occurred to mm-hmm. me to actually uh bring Connect it up the dots, at Sarah. that moment yeah. yeah right um, yeah no that is exactly it so i guess to, to finish the the point with the correct terminology now it is so many Easter eggs are really just in jokes. That's, yes. that's what we were yeah. struggling yeah. to say for 46 yeah. minutes. Yes. Yeah, that, good, good call. <laughs> if you're listening to this episode and you missed last episode, you kind of don't need to anymore. That's good to go. Yeah, yeah, caught up. Yeah, really <laughs> succinct right there. That's it. Yeah. There's Easter eggs, there's references, and there's in jokes. Done. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, this email comes from Sydney Hamilton, who is a friend of the show. She's been on uh, before, and she has written to us before. Uh, so it's always good to hear from her. Um, hi, Sydney. Hi, Sydney. Hi, Sydney. Uh, and she says, hi, Rick, Paul, and Anna. Uh, I'm listening to the We're most here. recent CGG podcast and just oh. wanted to point out the difference between an Easter egg and a reference is that a reference is part of the game design, while an Easter egg is something that programmers added. Uh, the original Easter eggs by Atari programmers... Uh, and she references the Wikipedia article that points to, um, to, uh, I'm pretty sure that was adventure. Um, and she goes on to say, uh, my contract with the, with the Coles in regards to hero you and summer days, uh, specified no Easter eggs. So I couldn't say put in shout outs to my RP characters without consent, but there were plenty of references in the game to various Sierra adventure games. Uh, Less relevant nowadays in modern adventure games where the designer is usually the programmer and probably the artist, but super relevant to the 70s and 80s where there were lots of programmers who weren't credited or given freedom for creative expression. Hope this helps some and isn't over-explaining, and hope all of you are well. Uh, thank you very much, Sydney. It's always, again, it's always great to hear from you. And uh, that's really interesting to note because I didn't really think of it like that. Um, mm-hmm. Easter eggs are sort of like kind of uh, programmers gone rogue in a way right think, yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah programmers uh, uh thumbprint or fingerprint that's it's uh, really kind of neat uh, mm-hmm. especially since they often weren't able to put in any of the names of any of their programmers or anybody else who worked in the game like they simply weren't allowed to so ah. this was their only way really to communicate with us that uh, hey we were here and we did a thing yeah really good point yeah yeah so, I so about again that. and and she even says it's probably more relevant in the 70s and 80s than it is now um and i just wanted to say yeah that's Definitely true because mm-hmm. at the time, yeah. yeah, they had to get these in because um, for the reasons mentioned above. And mm-hmm. it was just kind of a thing that would happen. I think when Easter eggs became more popular um, in the, I guess, starting with the 90s and especially thereafter, uh, I think Easter eggs became a 
such a thing that people deliberately put them in. I don't think that disqualifies mm-hmm. them as Easter eggs because, again, you always bring up the example and of like the DVDs with the um, secret code mm-hmm. that you put in. Those are clearly yes. put in there, like you know, you know, those are totally Easter eggs, yeah, like yeah. D- by design. Mm-hmm, by design mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i i don't think those should be disqualified from being considered easter eggs but again i think this is just sort of like um uh a direction that it went in but originally i think in the 70s and 80s yeah the whole um uh snuck in by the programmers was definitely a lot more of a uh, uh of a practical definition mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah i Very think it's almost so. fair to say that the the resurgence of of easter eggs um which I, I couldn't put a year on because I haven't thought about it prior, but but just to shoot at the hip, I'll say like 2008, like, you know, period of time where 1995 or three was far enough away, um, you know, to where we could start being like, oh, remember the thing. And I, I my point is, I think the resurgence of Easter eggs turned out to be um, the, like that was the flood of things that were in jokes. Yeah. Like, we're, you know, we're, we're, we started calling them uh, just at, at some point we switched gears and started calling in jokes Easter eggs. And I, I feel like it was that. Yeah, that, that period. Yeah, and no, that's, that's a good point. Out, out of the programmer's hands at that point, too, because it's, you know, whoever's mm-hmm. writing the game wants that mm-hmm. guy brush thing in there. So, yeah. 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 Or, or obviously whatever the Easter egg is. That's probably the mm-hmm. most common. Um, so, yeah. So, that's that's it for me. I am going to uh, shut up now and probably fall asleep before you're done. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We're 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 done. That's, that's talky versions for you. If you... If you played a LucasArts talkie version, you're good to go. If you played a Sierra one, maybe try the floppy is the is the moral <laughs> of the story. And um, come come join the discussion in the community. We're on Facebook. We're a page. We're a group. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at CGG Podcast. And uh, send us an email, mail at classicgamersguild.com. We would bloody just be enamored to receive mail from you. Um, specifically John Sarah <laughs> <laughs> all right sorry I'm gonna get that one day though blow somebody's mind um also become a patreon to support the show if you want to and thank you very much to all of our patreons we appreciate you guys we love you guys um and extra special thanks to those in said tier which would be una and Gus Jean Francois Paget Jay Holmes what or Jay Holmes Mark Fillion, bloody wishlist is Game Chinatown Detective Agency. It's on Steam. Thank you very much. Um, and, and give our, give our podcast a review. Cause other podcasters say that, but we never do. So, you know, do that. Whatever, whatever your platform. If it's iTunes or Spotify and give us, a, unless it's going to be less than four stars, then just don't give us a review. Cause, you know, just no thanks. It's not. All right, we're done here, so don't do a murder.